I'm Ted O'Connell, one of the authors of Crush Step 1, the ultimate USMLE Step 1 review, along with my co-authors, Ryan Pedigo and Thomas Blair. I am also the chief content officer for Inside the Boards. This is the Crush Step 1 podcast based on the second edition of our best-selling book. The goal is to provide you high yield and high quality audio content of the book to help you study on the go and reclaim some of the time in your day. This is Nick Nissen recording part four of the hematology oncology chapter. Macrocytic anemias. Macrocytic anemias, which have an MCV greater than 100, are divided into megaloblastic and non-megaloblastic types. Megaloblastic anemias are usually related to disorders of impaired DNA synthesis and have a markedly increased MCV, usually greater than 110. The term megaloblastic refers to the characteristic morphologic pattern of the hematopoietic cells. Impairment of DNA synthesis results in arrest of the cell cycle. Blood cells are stuck in the growth phase because they cannot progress to mitosis without new DNA being produced, leading to macrocytosis or large cells. Megaloblastic cells will have unbalanced cell growth with dissociation between the maturity of their nucleus and cytoplasm. The impairment of DNA synthesis causes the nucleus of these megaloblastic cells to become hypersegmented, a sign of immaturity, whereas the cytoplasm matures normally. Figure 11.23 demonstrates hypersegmented neutrophils with more than five lobes, as is seen in vitamin B12 or folate deficiency. Megaloblastic anemias. Megaloblastic anemias generally occur as a result of vitamin B12 or cobalamin or folic acid deficiency. Both are coenzymes in DNA synthesis. Another, more rare form of megaloblastic anemia arises from a defect in uridine monophosphate or UMP synthase, resulting in the buildup of orotic acid in the urine, known as orotic aciduria. Note that megaloblastic anemias equal disorders of impaired DNA synthesis and an MCV of greater than 110. The role of folate and cobalamin in DNA synthesis. Folate is required for DNA synthesis. It helps in the single carbon transfer reactions required for nucleic acid synthesis or thymine. In this process, folate needs to be in the form of tetrahydrofolate or THF or FH4. To produce THF, folate must first be reduced to dihydrofolate, or DHF, or FH2, which is then further reduced to THF by dihydrofolate reductase, which is inhibited by methotrexate and trimethoprim. Once THF is made, it can participate in single carbon transfer reactions that result in the conversion of deoxyuridine monophosphate, or DUMP, to deoxythymidine monophosphate, or DTMP, by thymidylate synthase, which is inhibited by 5-fluorouracil. Cobalamin is required to replenish the supply of THF for use in single carbon transfer reactions. Cobalamin acts as a carbon acceptor from methylcobalamin and helps remove a carbon from n 5-methyl-THF, or 5-MTHF, to regenerate THF. 5-MTHF 
is the active circulating form of folate in the body. Methylcobalamin then transfers the methyl group to homocysteine to produce methionine, which regenerates cobalamin via methionine synthase, or homocysteine methyltransferase. A deficiency in cobalamin or in methionine synthase can result in a methyl trap or folate trap of THF, in which levels of 5-MTHF build up and single-carbon transfer reactions are halted. Note that DTMP has one more methyl group than DUMP. Figure 11.24 demonstrates the role of folate and cobalamin in DNA synthesis. Megaloblastic anemia has two common causes, vitamin B12 deficiency and folate deficiency. Vitamin B12 or cobalamin deficiency anemia. Vitamin B12 is an essential cofactor in the conversion of homocysteine to methionine and the conversion of methylmalonyl-CoA to succinyl-CoA, which is known as odd-chain fatty acid metabolism. Humans can obtain cobalamin only from their diet. Cobalamin is usually found in food protein on ingestion and must be released by the low pH of the stomach. Once released from food protein, cobalamin will bind to R protein in saliva or gastric juices. R protein bound cobalamin will travel through the stomach until it reaches the second part of the duodenum, where pancreatic proteases cleave the R protein. The free cobalamin then binds to intrinsic factor or IF. The production of IF occurs in the fundus and cardia of the stomach parietal cells. The IF cobalamin complex travels through the small intestine until it reaches the IF cobalamin receptor in the terminal ileum, where it is actively absorbed into the enterocyte. Cobalamin is stored in the liver, which stores a three to four year supply. Deficiency can arise from inadequate intake, impaired absorption, or increased requirement of cobalamin. For increased intake, Strict vegetarians are at risk, as are breastfed infants of mothers with subclinical cobalamin deficiency. For impaired absorption, the lack of gastric acid or achlorhydria, which is that gastric acid is required to prepare cobalamin for absorption by cleaving the R binders, a lack of IF, gastric or ileal resection, since the ileum is needed for absorption of cobalamin, Crohn disease or celiac disease in the terminal ileum, diphilobothrium latum or fish tapeworm, pancreatic insufficiency. Additionally, pernicious anemia is an autoimmune disorder that results in the destruction of parietal cells in the stomach and a lack of IF production. IF is needed by the body to absorb cobalamin. And finally, increased requirements caused by pregnancy or hypothyroidism can lead to deficiency of cobalamin. Figure 11.25 demonstrates the role of cobalamin in the metabolism of odd-chain fatty acids. Signs and symptoms of cobalamin deficiency include a smooth, beefy, red tongue, which is the non-hematologic effect of deficiency on epithelial tissues. All body cells rely on DNA synthesis for maintenance and renewal. Peripheral neuropathy, so paresthesias, numbness, and absent reflexes from a loss of myelin regeneration, and subacute combined degeneration of the spinal cord, which is the patchy loss of myelin in the dorsal and lateral columns. The dorsal column dysfunction leads to decreased proprioception and vibratory sensation. The lateral column dysfunction leads to weakness of the legs, arms, and trunk with tingling. 
The dorsal column involvement leads to loss of vibratory and position senses, and psychiatric symptoms include dementia, psychosis, and personality change. Laboratory findings include hemoglobin and hematocrit that are decreased. MCV is increased. There's decreased serum cobalamin level, which is diagnostic of its deficiency. This is a reliable measure of total body cobalamin status. Peripheral blood smear shows pancytopenia, oval macrocytosis, and hypersegmented neutrophils, which have more than five lobes. Bone marrow aspirate shows megaloblastic cells. Increased levels of homocysteine and methylmalonic acid are present. Methylmalonic acid is elevated only in cobalamin deficiency. The blood levels of both of these will rise before a decline in the total serum cobalamin level is seen. A Schilling's test helps determine the site of the metabolic defect that led to the deficiency. An intrinsic factor and parietal cell antibody levels are helpful in diagnosing pernicious anemia. For treatment, it is important to note that most of the symptoms of cobalamin deficiency are actually folate deficiency symptoms because all the symptoms are caused by a defect in the nucleic acid synthesis of thymine. If patients with cobalamin deficiency are treated with pharmacologic amounts of folate, almost all of these symptoms and hematologic findings will resolve. However, the neuropsychiatric symptoms will not resolve. This is why it's important to differentiate folate from cobalamin deficiency. Intramuscular cobalamin supplementation is commonly used. Oral supplementation is acceptable if the patient does not have pernicious anemia or terminal ileum disease, i.e., the patient produces IF and has terminal ileum IF receptors for enteral absorption. Folate deficiency anemia. Folate metabolism. Folate is ingested in the form of polyglutamates but can only be absorbed by the body as a monoglutamate. The intestine is lined with an enzyme known as intestinal conjugase that helps cleave the polyglutamates to monoglutamate, allowing for its absorption by the jejunum. Anything that disturbs the function of intestinal conjugase, e.g. erosion of intestinal epithelium by Crohn or celiac disease, if any toin inhibition of the enzyme, results in folate absorption deficiency. Once absorbed, the monoglutamate is converted to the circulating form of folate, 5-MTHF. Folate is stored in the liver. The body normally holds a three to four month supply. This short supply means that overall, a patient is more likely to have a folate deficiency than cobalamin deficiency. Causes of folate deficiency. Deficiency arises from inadequate intake, impaired absorption, or increased demand for folate. Some medications result in deficiency. Inadequate intake. Alcoholics are at risk since the absorption of folate is blocked. Eating overcooked food can reduce absorption. Impaired absorption. Intestinal malabsorption occurs in patients with celiac or Crohn's disease. Increased requirement, such as occurs in pregnancy, lactation, and infancy. Medications, such as phenytoin, ethanol, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, sulfasalazine, methotrexate, can all reduce absorption. Signs and symptoms of folate deficiency. Signs and symptoms are similar to those found in cobalamin deficiency, but without the neuropsychiatric manifestations. Women with folate deficiency who become pregnant are at increased risk of developing fetal neural tube defects. Laboratory findings. Hemoglobin and hematocrit are decreased. 
MCV is increased. Peripheral blood smear shows pancytopenia, oval macrocytosis, and hypersegmented neutrophils with more than five lobes. Bone marrow aspirate shows megaloblastic cells. Decreased serum folate levels are diagnostic of folic acid deficiency. This test can vary depending on recent intake of folate. It may show normal folate levels even if total body levels are low, if the patient recently ate a meal high in folate. The best screening test is measuring RBC folate levels. This test is not affected by recent intake of folate. Total serum homocysteine levels are elevated with normal methylmalonic acid levels. For treatment, oral folic acid treatment is usually sufficient to resolve the deficiency, even in the presence of intestinal malabsorption. Supplementation must be continued until the hematologic findings have resolved. Prophylactic folate supplementation should be instituted in all women thinking about getting pregnant, pregnant or lactating women, and patients with chronic hemolysis, e.g. sickle cell disease. Erotic aciduria. Erotic aciduria is an autosomal recessive disorder involving a defect in the de novo pyridamine synthesis pathway and is normally converted to UMP. A deficiency in UMP synthase results in a buildup of erotic acid. The decreased pyrimidine synthesis results in decreased DNA synthesis and macrocytic RBC membrane formation. Signs and symptoms. This presents as failure to thrive and developmental delay in children, usually in the first year of life. Laboratory findings include increased erotic acid crystals in the urine or erotic aciduria. Megaloblastic anemia, which does not improve with administration of folate or B12. No hyperaminemia, which helps distinguish it from ornithine transcarbamylase or OTC deficiency. OTC deficiency presents with erotic aciduria and hyperaminemia. The treatment is oral uridine administration, which is uridine monophosphate. The administration of uridine, which is converted to UMP, will bypass the metabolic block and replenish pyrimidine production. Non-megaloblastic anemia. Non-megaloblastic anemia is usually caused by alcohol abuse. The MCV usually ranges from 100 to 110. There is no defect in DNA synthesis and no megaloblastic cells. Absence from alcohol will reverse the macrocytosis. Other causes of non-megaloblastic macrocytosis include liver disease, hypothyroidism, diamond black fan anemia, and spurious myelodysplasia. Diamond black fan anemia, or DBA, is a rare inherited congenital erythroid aplasia that normally presents within the first year of life. It is characterized by a defect leading to a decrease in erythroid progenitor cells in the bone marrow. Features that support a diagnosis of DBA include non-megaloblastic macrocytosis, elevated fetal hemoglobin, and congenital craniofacial as well as upper extremity malformations, such as triphalangeal thumbs. Bleeding and thrombotic disorders. Thrombocytopenia is defined as a decrease in the number of circulating platelets in the blood, or less than 150,000 per millimeter cubed. A decrease in the number of circulating platelets results in an increased risk of bleeding events. However, spontaneous bleeding is not usually seen until the count drops below 20,000 per millimeter cubed. There are several scenarios that result in thrombocytopenia. 
problem of platelet production. Bone marrow cannot produce platelets to maintain normal basal levels and replenish turnover. Common causes include aplastic anemia, leukemia, and folate or cobalamin deficiency. The problem of platelet destruction. Bone marrow is producing platelets, but they are being destroyed in high numbers by immune causes, e.g. autoantibodies against platelet glycoproteins, idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura, or ITP, or drugs, or non-immune causes, e.g. mechanical destruction caused by prosthetic valves, DIC, or TTP. The problem of sequestration. As platelets circulate in the blood, they must pass through the spleen. Normally up to a third of total body platelets reside in the spleen, and the laboratory can only detect platelets that are circulating in the blood. In patients with splenomegaly, circulating platelets can get stuck in the spleen, leading to decreased numbers in the circulation, which is known as platelet sequestration. The problem of dilution. This can happen in patients receiving a mass blood transfusion or high volumes of intravenous fluid. Transfused blood often contains no platelets unless the patient is being transfused with whole blood, which rarely happens, leading to a reduction in the concentration of platelets in the body. Thrombocytosis is an increase in the circulating platelet level of greater than 400,000 per millimeter cubed. The increase in platelets can be primary, e.g. reactive thrombocytosis because of infection, or secondary, e.g. essential thrombocytosis, polycythemia vera. In reactive thrombocytosis, this is the body's physiologic response to an injury or inflammation, resulting in a signal for the bone marrow to increase production. In essential thrombocytosis, or ET, or thrombocythemia, this is a hematopoietic stem cell disease, or myeloproliferative disorder, in which there is an increased proliferation of megakaryocytes, leading to increased platelet production, usually greater than 600,000 per millimeter cubed, but greater than 1 million per millimeter cubed is diagnostic of ET. Most occur as a result of mutation of the JAK2 gene. ET is a disorder with an indolent course in which patients often are asymptomatic, with some having past episodes of thrombosis because of hyperviscosity and hemorrhage, since platelets produced are largely non-functional. The peripheral blood smear will display very large platelets, and the bone marrow biopsy will reveal hypercellularity with markedly increased numbers of abnormally large megakaryocytes. Platelet phoresis is used for the management of acute events. Not all patients require treatment, but those who do respond well to hydroxyurea. Platelet abnormalities. All platelet abnormalities present with microhemorrhages, leading to the following. Easy bruising and ecchymoses or purpura and pinpoint hemorrhages, i.e. petechiae. Figure 11.26 demonstrates petechiae seen in a patient with thrombocytopenia. Additionally, mucosal bleeding or epistaxis, menorrhagia or hematuria, and intracranial or gastrointestinal bleeding. Immune thrombocytopenic purpura or idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. ITP is commonly an immunologically mediated platelet disorder. Some causes are idiopathic, in which the formation of autoantibodies against platelets results in their destruction. There are two types of primary ITP, acute and chronic. Chronic ITP 
This is an insidious disorder that involves the formation of IgG autoantibodies against platelet membranes, GP2B3A, and megakaryocytes. Women are affected more commonly than men, 3 to 1, in a female-to-male ratio. And these affected women tend to be younger than 40 years. Thrombocytopenia ensues because of the destruction of platelets by splenic macrophages and damage caused by megakaryocytes, which is less common. Patients typically present with signs of thrombocytopenia, such as petechiae on the skin and mucosa, a history of nose or gum bleeds, hemorrhage in the soft tissues after minor trauma, or menorrhagia. Although the destruction of the platelets is largely occurring in the spleen, splenomegaly is not usually seen. The first line of treatment is usually steroids, but ITP can often be resistant to steroids. In resistant cases, the treatment is usually splenectomy because the spleen is thought to be the site of autoantibody production and because it is involved in the clearance of autoantibody-coated platelets. Splenectomy may lead to marked improvement in the disease in up to 80% of patients. Acute ITP. This is usually a self-limited disorder that occurs after a recent viral upper respiratory infection or immunization. Acute ITP is usually a disorder of children aged 2 to 6 years. Children will present with abrupt onset of symptoms of thrombocytopenia, such as purpura, epistaxis, or petechiae. Like chronic ITP, no lymphadenopathy or splenomegaly develops. Treatment with steroids is reserved for severe cases with very low platelet levels because it resolves spontaneously in about two weeks. Drug-induced thrombocytopenia. As the name suggests, this disorder develops as an adverse effect of certain medications, namely heparin, quinines, and sulfonamide antibiotics. Heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, or HIT. This can develop in up to 5% of patients who are on heparin therapy. The thrombocytopenia usually occurs 5 to 14 days after the initiation of heparin treatment. This disorder occurs as a result of heparin binding to platelet factor 4, or PF4, a normal platelet granule protein, and forming a haptin, a new molecular structure recognized by the immune system as foreign. The body then makes autoantibodies against the heparin-PH4 complex. Thrombocytopenia develops in five or more days because the body first has to make the antibodies. And these antibodies have the potential to activate platelets. The activation of platelets by the antibodies results in thrombus or clot formation and the consumption of platelets. Thus, paradoxically, HIT is characterized by excessive thrombi formation, not by excessive bleeding, as is seen in ITP and other thrombocytopenias. These clots can form in large vessels and lead to life threatening complications, such as a large pulmonary embolism. Treat by removing the offending agent, which is heparin. Note that in chronic ITP, women with thrombocytopenia are usually affected. In acute ITP, it's children after respiratory infections or upper respiratory infections with thrombocytopenia. Thrombotic thrombocytopenic purpura, or TTP. TTP is a consumptive thrombocytopenia in which there is widespread formation of microthrombi in the small blood vessels throughout the body. 
leading to decreased platelet levels in the circulation. This disorder is commonly seen in women. TTP occurs because of a deficiency of the ADAMTS13 enzyme, von Willebrand factor, metalloprotease, a protease that cleaves multimers of von Willebrand factor. The ADAMTS13 enzyme deficiency leads to the accumulation of von Willebrand factor multimers, creating a prothrombotic environment in which there is increased platelet aggregation, particularly in the arterial capillary junction. The thrombus formation is so ubiquitous that it may lead to microangiopathic hemolytic anemia by transforming the previously smooth blood vessel endothelium into sharp and rough environment for RBCs to circulate through. Similarly to HIT, TTP is the thrombocytopenia that presents with excessive thrombi formation, or not bleeding. Patients will present with the clinical pentad of thrombocytopenia, fever, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, renal failure or microthrombi, occluding the renal arteries, and transient neurologic deficits. The first-line treatment is plasmapheresis. Patients with disease refractory to plasmapheresis can receive additional immunosuppressive treatment with steroids or vincristine. Hemolytic uremic syndrome. HUS is a disorder similar to TTP that typically occurs in children younger than 10 years after E. coli 0157H7 infection. This strain of E. coli produces a sugar-like toxin that damages the blood vessel endothelium, resulting in increased platelet activation. Patients will present with a similar clinical syndrome as TTP, but without the neurologic deficits. The typical triad involves thrombocytopenia, renal failure, and microangiopathic hemolytic anemia. To summarize, TTP has thrombocytopenia, fever, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, renal failure, and CNS deficits, and is more common in adults, whereas HUS has thrombocytopenia, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, and renal failure, is more common in children after a GI infection. Both TTP and HUS can be remembered by the mnemonic FATRN, fever, anemia, thrombocytopenia, renal dysfunction, and neurologic symptoms. For the last two words of the mnemonic, remember that in TTP, the neurologic symptoms predominate, and in HUS, the renal dysfunction predominates. Disseminated intravascular coagulation, or DIC. DIC is a thrombohemorrhagic condition characterized by large amounts of intravascular microthrombi, or clots that consequently deplete platelets and clotting factor stores, leading to hemorrhage and thrombocytopenia. DIC happens in two stages, first a prothrombotic and later a prohemorrhagic stage. Prothrombotic stage. A systemic inflammatory event occurs, e.g. sepsis, that initiates the clotting cascade through the body. The clotting cascade is initiated in a large scale by the release of massive amounts of tissue factor, or TF, into the circulation. The clotting cascade works via amplification, so the large amounts of TF released will result in exponentially larger amounts of thrombin, the end result of the clotting cascade, being produced. This abundance of thrombin leads to excessive clotting throughout the body. The formation of these clots leads to depletion of platelets fibrin, 
and fibrinogen and clotting factors, especially 2, 5, and 8. The clot formation is so widespread that there is obstruction of blood flow throughout the body, which causes end organ ischemia and damage. Blood vessels are narrowed by the microthrombi, resulting in microangiopathic hemolytic anemia and further intensifying tissue ischemia. Prohemorrhagic stage. The body responds to the increase in clot formation by upregulating fibrinolysis. Plasminogen is activated in the fibrinolytic cascade in large quantities by TPA and factor 12, forming plasmin. Plasmin degrades the microthrombi by cleaving the cross-linked fibrin products, producing fibrin split products or D-dimers. Remember that in the body, coagulation and fibrinolysis occur as delicately balanced processes in which clotting is immediately counteracted by fibrinolysis until homeostasis is reached. In the case of DIC, the body is depleted of its procoagulant abilities and can no longer counteract the massive fibrinolysis that is taking place. This leads to excessive hemorrhaging and shock caused by hypotension caused by blood loss. Patients will bleed from their mucous membranes, breaks in the skin, like petechiae and ecchymoses, or rupture of fragile blood vessels, as in epistaxis or intracranial hemorrhages. Causes of DIC include the following mnemonic stop making new thrombi or STOPMNT. S stands for sepsis, typically gram negative, commonly associated with Neisseria meningitis and E. coli infections. T for trauma, severe trauma specifically. O for obstetric complications such as amniotic fluid embolism, retained fetus, or abruptio placentae. DIC may occur when amniotic fluid and other fetally derived antigens reach the maternal circulation, leading to a massive inflammatory reaction to the mother. P for pancreatitis. M for malignancy. N for nephrotic syndrome and T for transfusion. The clinical and laboratory findings include infarction of any organ, such as the brain, heart, lung, kidneys, adrenals, spleen, or liver, pulmonary edema caused by increased vascular permeability, massive hemorrhaging and shock caused by blood loss or hypotension, mucosal bleeding, petechiae, ecchymoses, microangiopathic hemolytic anemia, or peripheral blood smear will show schistocytes, increased BT or thrombocytopenia, increased PT and PTT from depletion of clotting factors, decreased fibrinogen levels, and increased levels of D-dimers or fibrin split products. The treatment is largely supportive with an emphasis on treating the underlying cause of DIC. As a reminder, in ITP, there are decreased platelets only. In TTP and HUS, there's decreased platelets and MAHA. In DIC, there's decreased platelets plus MAHA plus increased PT or PTT. With that, we wrap up today's episode of the Crush Step 1 podcast. A big thank you to Elsevier Incorporated, the publishing company behind Crush Step 1, as well as all of my other books, for allowing us to put out this book in podcast format. Thank you for joining us and please check out our other chapters.